Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Alexander Schmieding and you're listening to From Vision to Creation, a podcast that dives deep into the minds of visionaries who pursued their passions and made their visions a reality. On each episode, we will have conversations with entrepreneurs, artists, industry leaders, and business owners, and we'll explore the mindset that fueled their desire to take their dreams from vision to creation. This podcast is brought to you by Proper Placement, a full service marketing agency that can help promote your business through social media marketing, paid advertising, email marketing, and more. Find out how we can help grow your business at properplacement.com. At Proper Placement, we don't have clients, we have partners. Welcome to a very special episode of From Vision to Creation. I'm your host, Alexander Schmieding, and on today's episode, we will do something a little different. Instead of sharing a recent interview, we will listen to an old audio recording of the accomplishments of my late uncle, Shannon Jordan. Shannon was a remarkable young man who achieved more in his 22 years than most do in a lifetime. On the recording, Shannon is being interviewed for a radio show called Key into Success, hosted by Betty W. Pena. As fate would have it, the contents of Shannon's interview align perfectly with the central themes of our podcast. As we will see, Shannon was not just a young dreamer, he was a doer, a seeker of knowledge, and a visionary. He held a Bachelor of Arts in International Studies, a Bachelor of Arts in Philosophy with a concentration on legal theory, and a third major in history. He also held minors in political science, ancient history, and archaeology. His work experience includes a position in the Trust Department of Laredo National, a law clerk for the law firm Person, Whitworth, Ramos, Borchers, and Morales, and internships at the U.S. House of Representatives in Washington, D.C., and the chambers of a federal judge, the Honorable George Kazin. He also interned at the Royal Courts of Justice in London, a position that he was told by his professors was impossible to attain and not even worth pursuing. In this episode, we'll listen to the interview recording and delve into Shannon Jordan's remarkable life and the mindset that makes him a beacon of inspiration even to this day. Join us on this moving journey as we celebrate a life that epitomizes the very essence of From Vision to Creation. I have with me today a very interesting young man. His name is Shannon Jordan. I appreciate your coming here today. Thank you. Tell me a little bit about you. I know very, very little about you. You're 21. That's what I know. Are you from here? Yes, I am. I grew up here, um, and I graduated from San Lucene High School. Uh-huh. Um, I wasn't a terribly good student, but I was always told by my professors and by um, other teachers and, and priests and coaches that I had potential, which I uh, didn't make the best of in high school. But I always felt that I would at some point and that I was headed somewhere. And so uh, I attended Trinity University for three years. Uh-huh. What did you study? I began studying philosophy. Um, philosophy was a subject that I became interested in as a senior um, as a result of having studied under uh, Frank Zapian at, at St. Augustine, who was my theology teacher. I see. And... Um, my interest in philosophy really really sparked a love of learning 
And that Trinity I began to study very hard and really changed my whole academic background um, completely around. Um, began to study history, became fascinated with history as well as the arts. I originally took art classes simply to satisfy a requirement and became very interested in, in the arts and especially in history. Um, I took advantage of something that Trinity University offers, which is a, a junior year abroad. Oh, where did you go? And um, well, I, I studied in Athens and in Rome. Oh, in wow! For one semester, uh-huh. and studied at King's College, University of London. Wow! Uh, for two terms during the second semester. Um, the summer prior to that, I had taken advantage of a another thing that Trinity University. Uh, tries to have its students do, and that is an internship in Washington. I became very interested in law as a result of having worked for a law, law firm of Person and Whitworth here in Laredo. Uh-huh. And um, that was really something which, which helped my academic interests along because uh, working for mainly Mr. Person, um, I began to see how lo- philosophy and law really uh, converged. Right. And I found a, a practical application for my interests. And so I, I began to continue looking into law through mm-hmm. a, in a philosophical perspective and found that I, at school one of my degrees is going to be uh, the philosophy of law. How interesting. And so in Athens and Rome, I uh, dedicated my attention really to legal history and the evolution of legal thought. And mm-hmm. over, over my Christmas break... Um, because I had studied legal history and also because it seemed like the very appropriate thing to do, I had studied theology in Athens and studied the Catholic Church in Rome, mm-hmm. I decided to go to the, to the Holy Land. And I went through Egypt and Israel and was in Bethlehem oh, on Christmas Day. Wow. So it was, really, it was really nice. And all throughout, I, I kept meeting uh, people who very much encouraged me. First of all, my theology teacher in Athens, who um, expressed to me that he thought I had quite a bit of potential and took it, took it upon himself to tutor me. And uh, also my theology teacher in Rome, who was a Catholic priest who's been there for, lived in Rome for 20 years at St. Anselmo. Uh-huh. Um, and I liked his perspective. He had a very different perspective from most priests. He was almost an iconoclast. Uh-huh. Didn't like Baroque art. Um, and explained a lot of the, a lot of the uh, traditions of the church to me, even many that he didn't believe in, although he was a very devout Catholic and, and a priest. So anyway, I decided to... Uh, uh, go to Egypt and Israel, saw quite a bit in Egypt, um, and really enjoyed my time, especially in Mount, I went to see Mount Sinai, Mount Sinai. and, and mm-hmm. climb Mount Sinai at 2 o'clock in the morning oh. to, to be there when the sun rose, and uh, Beautiful. ended up doing things like reading the Ten Commandments up on Mount Sinai, and um, from there went went through Israel and made mm-hmm. it to Bethlehem at Christmas, which was kind of scary because that was, a, all of the celebrations had been put, had been uh, postponed. They, they, uh-huh. There were terrorist threats, but we went anyway. I didn't think I'd have much chance to go. I didn't know when I'd be, especially Back. in Bethlehem at Christmas time. I see. And it really turned out where um, we took an Arab bus right into the middle of the old city huh. and we're, we're stuck having no idea where to go. It was freezing cold. It was rainy. The wind was blowing. The Arabs <laughs> were kind of walking up to us and saying, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and Happy Palestinian State. <laughs> and finally we found a Greek Orthodox church. Uh-huh. And really felt, I mean, the word sanctuary meant something. Um, got in there and they told us where to go, how to get to the church and the nativity. And how so beautiful. we, we uh, experienced the, 
the mass there. That was really nice, and I soon found myself flying back to Greece uh, from Tel Aviv because it was a $100 flight from, from, Ath from Tel Aviv to Athens. Uh -huh. And uh, took a train for three days, stayed in the same car for three days, and found myself in England to start my new study. And uh, my experience in London was really the, one of the best experiences because all, all of this rich education that I had in, uh, in Athens and Rome really, really started to pay off. Um, I found myself on a London bus tour. I passed by the Royal Courts of Justice. Uh -huh. And I told myself as I passed by the, the courts that I wanted to do some sort of internship there, that I was going to try to get one. Uh -huh. Anyway, I talked to all of my professors, and they said, it's, it's impossible, don't, don't even pursue it. And I talked to the head of our program, and he, he uh, seemed to think that, oh, you can go and sit in in the courts sometimes if you'd like. But, uh, so I, I didn't really pursue it for a while, and basically I, I got caught up in seeing London and getting to know England. But after about halfway through my period of study after about three months I had another three months left I thought to myself that I really wasn't make, taking the best advantage of the city because although it is a cultural capital and I had tried to in many ways participate in the cultural activities and take advantage of seeing as much of the city as I could mm -hmm. I hadn't um, I hadn't really seen what the business world and what the legal world were really like now my my study had been aimed at the at the origins and development of the English common law which remains the basis of our law in the United okay. States so I, I simply wrote all of this in a letter and sent it to the royal courts, and I asked who I needed to send it to, and they informed me. And it worked out really well. Um, it actually turns out the man who received my, received my letter, I had written, I had actually included uh, letters of recommendation, one from Mr. Zapian, others from different professors that I'd had. And um, he seemed impressed with my background and asked me to come in and simply asked me to tell him what I knew about the law. So I explained what I knew about the law, and he uh, had seen that I studied civil law, tort law, mm -hmm. um, and he asked me questions about that, and I, I guess the interview went well, because he said to come back, and uh, I could start work in two weeks, and it worked wow. out, so I did an internship with the Supreme Court of England, of England in civil appeals, because they have a Supreme Court for civil appeals right. and one for criminal, and the House of Lords is really something like our Supreme Court, but not used very much. Mm -hmm. So that I found very interesting. You know what's very interesting to me? Yes. It's your philosophy. Right. Your um, philosophy is this. If I want to do something, I'm going to do it. And I don't care who tells me that I can't, I'll find a way. And I think that's incredible because if other people would do that, they could get where they wanted to get. Another thing that you mentioned, which I feel is very, very important, is all your teachers and everyone said that you had the potential and when a person believes in someone, that person always rises to the highest potential. And that is a philosophy that I also have. Do you have the same philosophy? Yes, I do. Um, first of all, I think, I think it, you're given certain opportunities. Um, but it's really up to you. It's an individ, individual decision to take advantage of those opportunities. Right. Um, I think I'm, I've been lucky in that I've had a family that's backed me. Um, I owe a lot to my parents and to my grandparents and to my other, the other, other family members of mine. I also really owe a lot to people along the way. Um, interestingly, a few priests. There's one priest that I met in Rome, for example, who, 
who went to visit me in Washington, D.C. when I worked there and who mm -hmm. uh, visit, visited me in San Antonio. Oh. And I'm very frank with this person. I, I really uh, I, I tell him all sorts of things. That I, it's very interesting for me because I consider him a friend of mine. And as I, as, I, uh, as I talk to other people with him, I see how their manner changes and how they really start uh, um, playing up to the, uh, the spiritual aspects of their lives. And I really talk to him about everything. Mm -hmm. And anyway, um, I think this is a very suitable question because I was a terrible student as a young, as a teenager, especially right. because I made I made per straight A's in the classes that I loved, and I nearly failed out of the other classes. Yeah. And so this was a lesson I had to learn. I really had to change myself, and I think every day you have to try to bring out the good points in yourself and try to deal with the bad points, and that's an everyday thing. And I think that anyone is really. Um, any person is able to do all sorts of things with their lives if they make the decision. You have to make a decision and you have to act upon it. What I have always told high school students, I've gone back to San Agustin to talk to students, mm -hmm. and that is that they have to dream, first of all, and then figure out what it is they need to do to make those dreams a reality. And that's really what I think education is all about. Um, Another thing is I'm very lucky in that other people, for example, um, in the community, uh, Mr. Person had offered me this job who re it really started me out. Um, I used to make it a point after I had this, I, I'd meet, I met people around town, for example, uh, Ed, uh, uh, Ed Mann, who recently passed away, was, a, was a, a person I very much admired and respected. Another is uh -huh. uh, Judge Kazin, who I've subse subsequently gone back and I've done an internship with him very good. And um, it, it really meant something to me that he believed in me when I was a, when I was very young and hadn't really done much yet. Mm -hmm. And to have that uh, really pushed me along. But I think the most important thing was changing myself as a person. I started keeping a journal and writing down the things that I did and externalizing what I was doing. And I I decided I wanted to make certain changes and made it a point to work on those changes. And it was very hard, actually. I mean, I think you've always got to work hard for whatever Try. you want to accomplish. But it is, and it, many times it was extremely hard. Many times I felt like I was being, I was very lonely because I studied too much at some points. Uh -huh. But that was something that I had to do. And since then, I've really reaped the benefits of all of that hard work. And since then, the changes have come much easier. I think that's incredible. And you know what's so beautiful? You're 21. And I feel that a lot of us that are much, much older than you are should listen more to the youth in that sense. You know, you hear, oh, they went wrong, this, that, and the other. But there's so many of you that are so wonderful and so great. Your philosophy is incredible. Because if us, the older people, could only realize that we have to take the bull by the horns and look at them and write the things down that we have to change and go ahead and change them, the world would be a much better place to live in. And I think it's wonderful. To me, there's an awakening. And it's, um, I feel it in practically everyone. There's an awakening as to our true self, as to be able to reach whatever it is that we want to do. Our attitudes are changing. We look at things very different. God is very much in our lives. And uh, I feel that... You have really done so much at your age that it's incredible. What do you plan on doing now? Um, I have 
my plans for the upcoming future are really, I have ex very extensive plans. I plan on uh, studying in Mexico, oh. first of all, because I think it's, uh, it's important to understand. I, I see it as part of my own cultural heritage. One of the reasons I study history is that I feel as you study the past, you begin to un understand yourself. Right. And um, another thing is I, I see it as very practical. I really want to learn to speak uh, Spanish very well. And I, mm -hmm. I want to eventually practice international law. But since I already wow. speak Spanish, I think it'd be making the best of my um, opportunities. After that, I, I plan on doing a master's degree um, in international relations and then going on to law school. So I have quite a bit. I have quite a bit planned for the future. Uh, but I really, I really feel that it's it's uh, that it's possible. Um, talking about um, this awakening, I really personally feel that I'm led certain places for a purpose. I, I feel the hand of God in my life. That's right. And often, often you forget about it, and uh, but then often you even wonder why certain things are happening to you. And I, there, there are times I've I've since found out. You know, there were certain times, for example, when I was working for the Supreme Court and when I was working for the uh, Supreme Court of England, I felt very much on top of the world. And I found that I'll, I had to come back to school and assimilate and live in a dorm <laughs> where I lived by myself for so Quite long. A change, huh? And uh, I really had to immerse myself in my studies again. And you see that your life gets hard sometimes. Sometimes it goes up. But, and, and all of those hard times in your life end up strengthening you for for what you have to do um, in the future. That's right. So I think uh, I think the most important thing is to uh, is to work hard first of all and have 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 faith um, and to dream and never really stop dreaming. As we draw this episode to a close, we reflect on the remarkable journey of Shannon Jordan, a young visionary whose accomplishments and maturity continue to inspire us to this day. Although he was so young at the time of his passing, he left an indelible mark on the lives of many respected and successful individuals he crossed paths with. Anybody who had the privilege of knowing my uncle always speaks about his unrivaled zest for life, his constant pursuit and love of learning, and the mentality that drove him to study all around the world, graduate with three degrees, and accomplish anything he set his mind to. Because of the impact that his accomplishments continue to have on my life, I'm encouraged to follow his advice and never stop dreaming. I would like to conclude this episode of From Vision to Creation by reading the postscript he wrote in the final letter he sent to the love of his life, which he received in the mail shortly after his passing. There is a magic power stronger than time, which shall keep us together. No matter how far we wander into dark forests and drift upon distant stormy seas, it lies deep within our hearts, eternally feeding, eternally growing. Ever does it strengthen us, never can it be taken from us, and never can it die. You will find me in the light of the moon, in the place of prayer, above the fields of dreams, among the works of man and the ancient trees. Shannon.